What's going on, guys? Welcome back to this week's episode of Outside the Arena. I'm Griffin Senek, and today I am joined by a very special guest. He's a fantasy football expert and the owner of the fantasy playbook, Kyle Yates. How are we doing today? Doing good, Kyle. Happy to have you today. Excited to talk some fantasy football. And we're just going to jump right into things. Obviously, um, you know, we're filming this right now. It's June, so still a little ways out from the season. But, I mean, it's never too early to talk fantasy. And I think specifically this year compared to past years, the top part of the draft, specifically the running backs, is very interesting. I think there's a very solid group of running backs being discussed for the first round, specifically to name some names, Jonathan Taylor, Derrick Henry, Christian McCaffrey, Najee Harris, Austin Eckler, Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara, and there's a bunch of other guys. So, I mean, it's very interesting because in years past, you might need to get a top three pick to have one of these guys. But for this year, I mean, what's your kind of thought on, on where you want to be picking in the first round in order to land um, a top running back? Yeah, so this year is definitely more interesting than years prior because in years past, we kind of felt pretty solid about that top tier, right? We knew that it was Christian McCaffrey. And then in years past, we had Saquon Barkley in that territory too, right? Like we we kind of had an idea and consensus of, running back one, running back two, RB3, and so on and so forth. This year, though, once you get past Jonathan Taylor, it's a complete guessing game. We're going to see a difference and variation across all redraft, right, across all drafts, uh, where we see we might see Derrick Henry go at RB2. We might see Christian McCaffrey still in that territory. Dalvin Cook might go there. So a real, it's really, really interesting to kind of see who that RB2 is going to be off the board and the cascade effect from there. So for me, I would love to still be in the, you know, I'm fine with the mid middle of the round uh, where I can still get one of those, you know, top five running backs. Or if I want to ensure that I get one of the top tier wide receivers, if I want to get a Cooper Cup, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase in that territory, I have that opportunity. So that's kind of the spot that I'm going to be in. Typically, uh, if I have my choices in the middle of the round, maybe I'm pushing pick seven, pick eight. Um, but after that, man, it's, it's just really interesting to see what is going to happen here this year, because like you mentioned, there's some really, really solid players, but none of the guys that we have, like once we get past Jonathan Taylor, everyone else has question marks. Yeah, it's very interesting. I think compared to years past, there's definitely, I mean, like you said, I feel like Jonathan Taylor, I mean, even Derek Henry though, I've seen a lot of things that people think he's still, you know, the top player, even Christian McCaffrey. I mean, it's very interesting to see what's going to happen. I'm sure as time gets closer to the season, you know, there's going to maybe be a more consensus order. Um, I do want to pivot, though, um, to another topic of interest. Obviously, this year's NFL draft was the draft of the wide receiver, I would say. I mean, there was a ton of wide receivers taking the first round. I think it was seven, if I'm not mistaken, six or seven. Uh, around um, there. I'm not yeah, going to correct you. Yeah. I mean, there were plenty. Um, I mean, last year, obviously, you had Jamar, you had Waddle, and um, – you know, there, were, there was more clear consent to us for who's the top rookie wide receiver for fantasy. I mean, this year, I mean, it's kind of unclear. What are your thoughts on the, the rookie wide receiver group and, you know, which guys do you specifically like? Yeah. So going into the NFL draft, I was saying this continuously, like from wide receiver one all the way down to maybe even wide receiver seven in this incoming 2022 NFL draft, whatever order that you want to place these guys, it's complete. I'm completely fine with it. If you wanted to take George Pickens, who I had at wide receiver six, you want to place him at wide receiver one. I'm not going to fight you on it because these guys were in just one massive tier. For me though, Traylon Burks was wide receiver one going into the NFL draft. 
he stayed there after the NFL draft with the landing spot of the Tennessee Titans. So I, I look at Burks here this year being the guy that has an insane opportunity in front of him. We have Drake London, who I think is going to push him as far as overall opportunity. Uh, but you have some questions about the quarterback play, right? What is the overall state of the offense going to be in Atlanta? But then Traylon Burks, I think, with stepping right into the A.J. Brown role, which immediately, right after watching his tape, I was like, this guy is A.J. Brown. You're like, he is, like, from a size, speed perspective, he fits perfectly comp to the role that A.J. Brown can fill. And then it was funny to see them literally replace A.J. Brown with Traylon Burks right away. So I think that he's going to be able to get the ball in his hands right away. They're going to need him. Robert Woods rehabbing from that injury. We don't know if he's going to be ready to start the season. I think AJ Brown, or excuse me, see, I just did it. I think Traylon Burks is in line for a massive opportunity here this year. So he's my wide receiver one going into the NFL draft. He was the wide receiver one coming out of it. He's going to be that first wide receiver that I'm looking to take off the board in redraft leagues this year. Yeah, I think, you know, like you said, there's a lot of opportunity for him there. A lot of targets, obviously, you know, AJ Brown, Julio's not there too. I mean, it's a real, real wide open situation for him. Um, I mean, kind of on the topic of, you know, it kind of relates, but I mean, every year I feel like um, one question I like to ask is, you know, in terms of sleepers, I feel like there's always some guys out there that people underrate. Last year, um, we talked to Jake Seeley from The Athletic, and he said CD Lamb was his big guy going into last year. For you, who is your big guy or two that you think really could break out this year that's not maybe, you know, a pick in the first three rounds per se? Yeah. So I think there's a few names that I'll toss out here. I mean, if you're looking in the mid rounds, like Gabriel Davis is one that I am definitely very, very high on the wide receiver for the Buffalo bills. If we're looking at the quarterback position, we got to stay on brand for me. That's going with Trey Lance. I think that Trey Lance is in line for a massive year, but let's get that guy who's way further down the board, who I think is going to have a massive year. That's Tim Patrick, the wide receiver for the Denver Broncos. Uh, Looking at the Denver Broncos wide receiver core, we have Cortland Sutton. We have Jerry Judy. We got some tight ends there. Albert Oakwig Boonham. Uh, you know, we got the running backs out of the backfield. Javante Williams, Melvin Gordon. It's a very, very crowded offense. And we really don't know who is going to be the wide receiver one. Now we can say that Cortland Sutton probably going to be that guy who Russell Wilson locks onto, compares pretty well to DK Metcalf. Uh, we know the connection that Metcalf and Wilson had. Jerry Judy probably going to be a very consistent option week in and week out. But in these situations where we don't know exactly how it's going to play out, I'm looking to invest in the guy that's the value. And I think that Tim Patrick is being slept on yet again this year. From all metrics, Tim Patrick was the best wide receiver on the Denver Broncos last year. He succeeded even with the bad quarterback play when Cortland Sutton, when Jerry Judy were struggling. Tim Patrick was the one that was getting the job done. And so even now we look at him, he's still going in the 13th, 14th round. It's ridiculous how, you know, how much he's being slept on this year. So he fits perfectly this guy that, I'll let people take Colton Sutton, Jerry Judy in the fourth, fifth round of the redraft leagues. And don't get me wrong. I think they deserve to go there. But when you're talking about value entering into the conversation, I will gladly take the shot on Tim Patrick in the later rounds. Very interesting pick there. I like that for sure. I mean, the Denver Broncos is going to be a very interesting team to watch this year. I think a lot of, you know, for me personally, I'm very curious to see how a guy like Jerry Judy does. Obviously, we really still haven't even seen what he's capable of right. um, with the offense he's been in for the last two years. I want to end today. Um, on the last segment of the day, I've named it draft or pass. So I have a, a list of a few guys here, uh, about one per round of the first couple rounds. And I'm going to give you, you know, who they are, what their ADP is roughly, uh, according to, I just used ESPN. And, um, you know, you tell me if you draft them at that position or if you'd pass on them at that spot. Sure. So the first name I got is Cooper cup. His ADP right now is 2.6. 
So second round, sixth pick for Cooper Cup. No. So I'll give like 2.6 is like the second pick of the draft. I'll say. Oh, okay. Okay. I was yeah, like, yeah. oh my word. If he's the second round, <laughs> sixth pick. Yeah. yeah I'll yeah, draft yeah. him there every single time. Uh, that's interesting, right? I know that we talked about the, the running backs in the first part and a lot of ambiguity after you get Jonathan Taylor off the board. So listen, do I think that he's worthy of going there? Sure. I, uh, by Allen Robinson entering into that offense, I think he's going to have a bigger year than people are projecting. Not that it's going to take away dramatically from Cooper cup, but that's just interesting. And it's not personally how I prefer to build my teams going the second pick of the draft with a wide receiver. I would prefer to take the shot on a running back there. So I'll pass Cooper cup at the two, six. Definitely agree with that. Uh, next guy, Tyree kill, um, new Miami dolphin. His ADP right now is 15.7. Yeah, this is another one that I'm going to pass on. Uh, I think Tyreek Hill is going to have some really good weeks. I think that he's going to be a guy that is probably more consistent even than what he was in uh, in Kansas City. Tyreek Hill actually last year was super boomer bust. And, you know, he brought those huge weeks, obviously, with tied to Patrick Mahomes. But I think he could probably be more consistent in Miami with Tua Tagovailoa, but I don't know if we're going to get those massive, massive performances. When you have guys like C.D. Lamb who are going behind uh, Tyreek Hill, I would prefer to have Lamb over Hill this year. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, another one that I'll pass here. Next name, Javante Williams. His ADP is 25.4. Yeah, if you're telling me that I can get Javante Williams as my RB2 on my roster, right, if I go RB in the first round, maybe I take a C.D. Lamb in the second round at the top of that third round. I can get, uh, you know, Javante Williams there. I mean, maybe if I'm picking at the one spot, I get Jonathan Taylor. I get C.D. Lamb in the second end of the second. And at the uh, start of the third, I can get Javante Williams there as my RB2. Very, very comfortable with that. If I have to rely on him as a, you know, top five running back for me uh, on my roster, it's a little bit concerning. But at that point, I will draft Javante Williams. Next name, Ezekiel Elliott, ADP 38.2. I just talked about this on uh, one of their most recent episodes of the fantasy playbook podcast, uh, where I said, I will gladly take Ezekiel Elliott where he's going in drafts right now. Uh, you look at weeks one through four before he suffered that partially torn PCL. He was actually producing in a big way, uh, for fantasy last year. And now you're telling me that he's going like RB 17 off the board on some sites, right. In the, you know, in the fourth round, right. Uh, that's something where, yeah, I think that this guy is being slept on yet again. Um, and I think I'll, I'll gladly take him as, you know, if I start RB heavy uh, and I can get Zeke as my RB3, uh, I feel like that's cheating. <laughs> uh, next name, J.K. Dobbins coming off that big injury, crowded Ravens backfield. His ADP is 46. Now, this is one I'll pass on for right now. I think that the ADP is fine. Um, but right now, if I have to choose here in June, we just don't know what his, you know, is he going to ba be back week one? That's still up in the air. We haven't gotten confirmation of that. Even if he is back in week one, is he playing this full complement of snaps? Is he ready to go at 100%? So I think it might be something where we get to week three, week four, before we really get J.K. Dobbins back onto the field, maybe even longer than that. So, yeah, if you're telling me that I have to spend a, you know, fourth round pick on him or early fifth, whatever the case may be, that's just a little bit too rich for me. That's someone that I would prefer to avoid if I can. I got two more names, two guys looking to make their first uh, NFL start this year. We got Brees Hall of the Jets. His ADP right now is 51.4. I expect this to rise. Honestly, uh, I expect it to rise as we get further into the offseason. Now, there were other spots that Brees Hall could have landed uh, that would have led to him being, you know, a potential second round pick in redraft leagues. Uh, landing with the New York Jets kind of keeps his ADP suppressed here. But I, I, if I can get him as that RB2, I go wide receiver heavy. Maybe I take a shot on a tight end, Travis Kelsey or Mark Andrews, maybe even Kyle Pitts in that, you know, second, third, fourth round range. And I can get Brees Hall there uh, as my RB2. I, I feel pretty comfortable with that.
And then the last guy, Travis Etienne, who I was shocked to see is 60 to 70 spots higher than James Robinson. His ADP is 55.9. Yeah, there's definitely the home run potential here with Travis Etienne, right? Uh, you have the big playability. You have him, you know, the connection with Trevor Lawrence from their time at Clemson. Etienne, a fantastic receiver out of the backfield. We don't know when James Robinson's going to be back. Uh, that's something that's, you know, we don't know if he's going to be back week one. So, ETN could get off to a very, very hot start. Now you have to have concerns here with Doug Peterson. We know that he loves to rotate through running backs, keep everyone fresh. So we don't know what the usage is going to be when everyone is back and healthy. But at this point, I think it's worth the lottery ticket, right? If we see ETN start to move up into the top 40, top 36, right? That's going to be something where it's like, I'll probably take other guys that have more guaranteed volume uh, and are safer picks. But in this range, right, right now, I will gladly take ETN at that price. Very interesting. Well, that will do it for draft or pass. And that will do it uh, for this episode of Outside the Arena. Thank you so much, Kyle, for joining me today. I'll link all your um, socials and also the fantasy playbook. Check it out on YouTube. Lots of excellent fantasy football content on there. And with that, that will do it for this week's episode of Outside the Arena. Um, Make sure to like, comment, subscribe if you haven't already. And with that, we'll see you all on the next episode.